101.9 FM. I'm here today with Carrie Durant, the president and founder of Durant Sports Management Inc. and an NBA, FIBA, and NCAA certified player agent. As a well-respected and prominent figure in the North American and international basketball communities, we're so excited to have him here with us today. Okay, so thank you so much for coming out today, Gary. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you for having me. My name is Gary Durant. Um, I'm a, basically, I would describe myself as a youth advocate, as somebody who um, has always worked with uh, young people and youth. And um, it, it doesn't matter what field it is, whether it's when I was a professional athlete or when I was a uh, teacher with York Region District School Board in, in the suburb of Toronto here. Um, or running my own basketball camp for 20 years called Gary Durant Basketball Association, or now as a, um, a sports agent representing players in the NBA and overseas, um, helping youth get to their goals has always been my thing. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I think that answers my next question, but um, what made you pursue a career as a sports agent and why basketball? Well, it, the answer is very simple. I grew up in love with basketball ever since arriving here from Jamaica at age 13. And, um, oh, wow. you know, yeah, so basketball really provided a lot of opportunities for me as an at-risk youth growing up in the inner city. And I was able to get a scholarship and not to mention even before that, staying out of trouble and having something to do and all the benefits of putting children in sports. So um, I really... Um, had the opportunity after playing collegiately and getting an education to play professionally for a little bit. And, um, you know, during that time, just noticed the need for representation from people who truly understand, yeah. the game, you know, so that's what drove me and why basketball, because it's a sport that I know, I believe in, mm-hmm. you know, um, I believe you're able to provide the most um, value in areas that are most familiar to you or that you're most knowledgeable, especially if you're going to take on someone else's career. Yeah, great answer. Thank you for sharing your experience. Um, So what would you say are some highlights that you've experienced during your time as a professional basketball player and now as a sports agent and a youth advocate? Really, um, just getting to that platform and, and seeing the power that you have to, to, to influence. And again, going back to young people, you know, just influence uh, people in general. So society in essence, and we see um, the NBA in particular using that power right now. But for me, it was, it was never political or any of that. It was just to help young people. um, First of all, believe in themselves, Mm -hmm. set goals and understand that anything is possible. um, And, then just teaching them how to get there, like, you know, providing insight. And um, a lot of times people share their story, but they don't. uh, So, you know, I do motivational speaking, for example, and I've sat and listened to people who go before me and after me. And I put myself, hey, I'm there to get motivated also. But I put myself in the shoes of the students and I sometimes learn from their speeches or, or their, what the, them sharing to make myself a little bit better in my presentation for the simple fact that we share our stories, but we don't always 
provide a pathway. We don't pro provide solution. We just tell her a story and we talk about how hard it was, but I like to be there to tell you how to attain it or give you some idea, give you how I attained it, not just, hey, I made it here, you know, so. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so that would be, um, so just that platform really, mm -hmm. which I played professionally very briefly. Um, I played for five years and I was hurt most of the time. I had injuries, but it's amazing how just attaining that platform can shape the rest of your life. Yeah, just to be able, you sure. know, yeah, people um, will listen to your message when they know you've attained something, um, something substantial, something that's mm -hmm. hard. To, they, they know you have the formula for um, putting Success. in work. Yeah, yeah, for putting in work, you know, and just um, being confident and, and performing when the lights are on. Wow, thank you. Um, it's really incredible that you played professionally and five years to me is a long time. Um, <laughs> but what would you say were some of your greatest challenges you've had to overcome in that time and even now? Well, I'll start within that time. Um, I got hurt um, in the right. NBA, in the NBA League. And, you know, the toughest thing for a young person who has prepared themselves for this moment forever is to get there and get injured because um, it's hard to sit back and, and, and allow the people around you to advise you and to um, uh, be diligent with your rehab and stuff like that. And, you know, this is over 20 years ago. So rehab has come a long way since. And um, I, I really just didn't listen. I wanted to play right away because I wanted to make money and I didn't want to lose the opportunity. So I played injured uh, for those five years. And that's oh. why, my, yeah, that's okay. why my career was so short. So I think one of the biggest challenges I had was just um, playing with injury at that level, because you're talking about the best athletes in the world, especially in basketball. There, there are no... Yeah. You know, there's no one there that's not uh, the fastest in the world or the most athletic. You mm -hmm. see how high that, and then the mental piece. Um, everyone that's there has earned their way. They're the best of the best. So uh, there were no nights off, and then the expectations are there. And one thing about sports, much like the army and stuff like that, is you know we're encouraged to to be tough. That's what the whole thing is about: is being tough and 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 playing injured. Yeah, playing injured is is looked on as toughness right so absolutely that, yeah yeah especially so in like the professional leagues too exactly so um so i think that's one of the toughest challenges while playing um the other one would have been i ended up overseas playing in italy which is an absolute blessing um i think just being so far away from the family was difficult so i make an extra effort right now to stay in touch with my players that are overseas because again i can relate i know what right. they're going through yeah. you know so that's awesome wow so that being said and with everything that's happened you know um this past year with social justice movements and the pandemic as a whole which direction do you see the world of sports or specifically basketball going after everything that's happened as someone who's so actively involved in the industry mm -hmm. um well, I'm just so proud of, of um, sports in general. Um, I'll speak on the NBA because that's who I'm closest with. Yeah. That's where I try to get our players. So sure. my eyes are on them. I'm just really happy with the, the leadership 
that they've shown in, in, in terms of the pandemic. Um, I believe they were the one of the first sports, if not the first to cancel. Um, and they've just shown a lot of leadership in that. And then also in the um, social justice piece, I feel like they've done some very courageous things and um, just standing for, um, for what's right, standing for justice in general. So again, uh, as we started uh, the conversation, I, I express how powerful I think sports is. And it's great to see the NBA um, using their platform um, in other sports, like I said, but just using their platform to create a better world for everyone. Yeah, so, absolutely. What, mm -hmm. Yeah, so what direction? I think that will continue because um, okay. I think I think if one or two people were doing it, then you know um, they could be bullied or or um, yeah, you know, singled out in, in some extent and lose their sponsorships or all that. But when it's the entire league, when when we're unified, we're able to accomplish great things. And I think there's unity right now in yeah. in, in in the voices that are saying we need a better world. People need to be treated, you know, fairly. Absolutely. And that's honestly great to hear. Mm -hmm. And um, as we're nearing the end, I would also like to ask you, what advice would you give a student athlete who's trying to pursue a career in professional sports? Great question. That's what we talked about earlier. Yep. <laughs> the pathway piece. Um, just to, um, first of all, it is attainable. I remember when I first started, people were like, hey, you know, it, it's it's a corporate business. It's a tough business. It's a dirty business, all this other stuff. And um, that it was impossible. I got laughed at, if you would, you know, and today we've come a long way through just hard work. Of course, it might be somewhat easier for me because I played and I know some people in the industry and, and all that. But I think the best thing for someone to do who's in college right now and, and, and wants to be a sports agent is to gather as much information as they can first and foremost, and then um, just build their network. So when I was coming up, LinkedIn did not exist. I think it's a platforms like that right. are great to connect with people, learn as much as you can about the sports that you intend to be involved in, because it doesn't matter how smart you are, um, how great your grades were and all that. If you can't relate to something, then um, it's hard to show that you, you, you A, are relatable and then um, that you care. You know, being able to relate it shows people that you've studied their sport, you understand what they're going through and so forth. And then they'll let you provide the services that you're able to do. So I would say just learn, learn the business, you know, w learn the game, A, and then try to really, really learn the business from an academic perspective um, or philosophical perspective, and then find places and people where you can gain uh, practical um, experience. Got it. So have a very big picture of the industry and the sport in general. Yes. And um, I think the, the, the most direct step to an opportunity is internship. So I'd say really take advantage of being in university because once you leave college, it becomes so much harder uh, to get opportunities. I think, for example, let's use MLSE, for example. I think yeah. they're going to be more open to internships than hiring. Hiring is a process that, that, that is, is, is lengthy and overcrowded. I think internships um, businesses tend to work more with the universities and so forth. And if we approach um, 
business people, you know, the right way. They're usually very willing to share what they do and um, even share their best practices, you know. So I think we need to educate our young people on how to um, how to get mentorship, how to how to go about um, yeah, finding a mentor, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. That's some really solid advice. So thank you for that. Um, what would you say, since I know you work internationally with a lot of players, um, but focusing specifically on, you know, Canadian universities and the NCAA in the States, what would you say are the major differences between the two for, you know, potential students looking to play basketball at that level? Can you please ask the question again? I'm sorry. So I know you work um, internationally, but just focusing on Canada and the States, what mm -hmm. would you say are like the main differences between sports at Canadian universities, so varsity um, college teams and the NCAA? Gotcha. Yeah, the, the biggest difference is scholarships. I think that... Oh, okay. I think a, a lot of our elite Canadian talent as in my day, head south because of the scholarship piece. Um, sports has a bigger platform, so you're going to end up on TV and, right. you know, the lore of March Madness, which is about to begin and yes, stuff. Absolutely. That, yeah, so our Canadian athletes, um, our Canadian basketball players, to be specific, we grow up wanting to play on that platform, on that stage, and Unfortunately, that's the NCAA. It's not always our local stage, which does not have television. First of all, you don't always get a scholarship to go there, which a lot of these players, who's going to pass up a scholarship just to stay home? A young person wants to travel. So I think that the major thing is funding. Once our universities, um, you know, we're just built differently, right? But I think once, um, once our universities start giving scholarships and stuff like that, and we get TV partners and so forth, and maybe um, if it's a priority um, for us, just following in the footstep, because the blueprint is there. It's about, it's about yeah. scholarships, it's about television, and it's about really trying to keep our talented guys here at home, because there are a lot of good players here. It's just, I think, some of the elite ones, you know, see the states as their pathway. Yeah, that's definitely true. And do you see kind of that outlook as for Canada to become similar to the States in terms of how big sports is? Is the potential there? Well, let me start with the Olympic level and so forth. I think we'll have a great Olympic team because when, when no matter if you go to the States for to finish high school or um, for university or to play professionally for one of the 29 teams that are there, um, you're still Canadian. And I think we all want to play for Canada and represent Canada in the Olympics. So from that perspective, I do believe um, we can be, as, I think it's only a matter of time till, until Canada wins gold in the Olympics for basketball. So from that perspective. But um, in terms of collegiately, we do have a long way to go. We have a very long way to go because of the funding and again, oh, again, television is a huge part of that funding. So, you so know, and, and infrastructure is already there, basically. Yes. And, okay. and you know, and, and it's as simple as arenas. You know what I mean? If you 
there are 80,000 arenas for football in the U.S. Wow. There's, there's, there are 30,000 arenas for college basketball. Some of their arenas are as big or bigger than the ACC. So, you know, which is. I'm sorry. Yep. So just the funding, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the funding makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but but the athletes are here and we continue to, you know, develop and um, the development is here now, which is something that wasn't always here. So. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Wow. That's a really insightful outlook. That's very interesting to hear. Um, so. What would you say is the most rewarding aspect of your job? Just really seeing young people and their families achieve their goals. Really, that's it. Other than that, it's a, it's a pretty thankless job, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite thankless. It's long hours. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, I have players overseas. Right. So they're six hours ahead, sometimes seven, um, sometimes 12, depending on if they're in Asia. Um, you know, and, and when a player makes it, it's a player. When a player doesn't make it, it's the agent. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so you've got to be very thick skinned and you've got to know why you're doing it. And you've got to be comfortable letting people stand on your shoulders to get to their destination. You've wow. got to be service oriented and you've got to be willing to give, you know? Yeah. That's really incredible. I like the analogy about standing on someone else's shoulders. It's basically like the support you mentioned earlier, right? Yep. And it's what our parents do every day. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. You're like parents for your players in a way. Yeah. I try to to be more big bro than dad. Yeah, um, (laughs) for sure. Um, So is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Well, uh, you know, this is a very tough time for all of us. I would yeah. imagine it's a tough time to be in school and, and be optimistic and motivated when all the businesses around you are closed. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, that's why we're going to school is to work, is to get better jobs, better position. So I would say that we're, we're going to get through this. And as a famous hashtag, we're all in this together. So I'm happy to see that there are vaccines and hopefully um, we'll have enough and people will take them and they will work, you know, so that we can get back to some kind of normalcy. And um, you guys can um, get to your, just really get to your goals, get to your careers and, and add the value that, um, mm-hmm. you know, you've dreamed of having, right, to society and, and get on with your careers, man. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming out, Gary. That was such an insightful um chat and i really learned a lot and i'm sure listeners can learn a lot from what you've said and the advice you've given so thank you so much for that thank you so much i really appreciate the opportunity keep up the great work listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. There is just one week left to donate to the Kingston Community Climate Action Fund to help Martha's Table and Habitat for Humanity, Kingston Limestone Region, realize projects that will green their good work. 
We appreciate all the support we have received so far and hope that if you are in a position to give, you will consider donating to the Kingston Climate Action Fund, says Rhonda Candy, Executive Director of Martha's Table. Martha's Table is seeking support through the KCCAF to purchase an electric vehicle that their team will use to deliver warm, prepared meals to people in the community who need them. Habitat for Humanity is hoping to fund the purchase of four air source heat pumps to install in new homes being built on Rose Abbey Drive. Not only will these pumps help the homes eventual owners by reducing energy costs, but it will also shrink the environmental footprints of these new builds, says Kathy Borowick, executive director of the local Habitat for Humanity. The city has agreed to match donations made to the KCCAF up to $15,000, and the Kingston Community Credit Union has committed to matching donations made at branch locations up to $5,000. The window to donate closes on March 31st, 2021. To donate, you can visit cityofkingston.ca slash givekccaf and click the Donate Now button, or visit a Kingston Community Credit Union located at 18 Market Street, 795 Gardeners Road, or 1201 Division Street. Dr. Kieran Moore, Medical Officer of Health at KFLNA Public Health, confirms a COVID-19 positive case traveled on Kingston Transit bus Route 502 and 4 yesterday. March 21st on Route 502, leaving Cataraqui Centre Transfer Point at 1.25 p.m. and arriving at King Street's Portsmouth Avenue at 1.50 p.m. was where this positive case traveled. And then also on March 21st, Route 4, leaving Princess Street and Victoria Street area at 2.20 p.m. and then arriving at Cataraqui Centre Transfer Point at 2.50 p.m. KFL and Day Public Health is unable to identify all riders on the route and is issuing a public notice to assist with contact tracing. If you were on one of the routes listed above, KFL and Day Public Health recommends that you get tested for COVID-19 immediately, monitor for symptoms of COVID-19 for 14 days after the date of your last exposure, get tested again 10 days after your exposure even if you do not have symptoms, and self-isolate from others immediately and arrange for testing if symptoms of COVID-19 develop. During the 14 days of isolation, monitor for symptoms of COVID-19 and get tested if you develop symptoms. If you are currently experiencing symptoms, self-isolate immediately and seek an appointment for testing at the COVID-19 Community Assessment Center. Kingston Transit continues to adhere to all public health measures, including requirements to wear face coverings on board buses. Kingston Transit are committed to protecting the health and safety of passengers and staff. For more up-to-date information on COVID-19, visit kflaph.ca slash coronavirus or ontario.ca slash coronavirus. Dr. Kieran Moore, Medical Officer of Health at KFLNA Public Health, also received his COVID-19 vaccine at Amherst Street Drugs. He said, I feel hopeful in being part of the solution to put an end to this pandemic. The vaccine is safe and has been shown to be extremely effective. The benefits of the vaccine far outweigh the risks associated with contracting COVID-19. Ontario began rolling out the AstraZeneca vaccine in select pharmacies in three regions in Ontario, including KFL and Day, for adults 60 to 64 years of age on March 12th. With approximately 64% of KFL and Day residents aged 60 to 64 years having received their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, the Ontario government expanded the age group to include all adults 60 years age of older as of March 22nd, 2021. He added, I don't want to ask people to do anything that I would not do myself. Hopefully getting this vaccination at my local pharmacy will put to rest any vaccine hesitancy that has been voiced around AstraZeneca. It's going to take some time to vaccinate all residents in KFLNA. After you have received your vaccine, continue to practice public health measures, wear face covering, stay two meters apart from anyone outside your household, and wash your hands. Working together, we can make KFLNA strong.
to ensure that this vaccine gets into the arms of eligible individuals as quickly as possible. We invite all adults 60 years of age and older in KFL and A to make an appointment at a participating pharmacy in the region. For a full list of participating pharmacies, you can visit the Government of Ontario's website. We understand that residents are ready and eager to receive their COVID-19 vaccine. However, if you are not yet eligible, consider assisting family and friends who are, especially adults 75 years of age or older, who may not have online access or be comfortable booking online appointments. Please do not contact KFL and A Public Health's mainline to inquire about booking appointments, vaccine information, or to check eligibility requirements. Ontario is expanding its vaccination program with the help of pharmacies. With more than 50% of Ontario residents aged 80 and over having received at least one dose, the Ontario government is expanding appointments through its online booking system to individuals aged 75 and older. According to Premier Doug Ford, the number of pharmacies offering vaccines will double from nearly 350 to more than 700 in the next two weeks. He expects the further expansion will take place later this spring. Ford said details and locations of the extra pharmacies participating in the vaccination plan would be announced in the coming days. Eligible Ontarians can contact a participating pharmacy directly to make their appointment. Ford said, thanks to the efforts of an army of frontline healthcare heroes and volunteers, we are getting needles and arms even faster than we had imagined. All we need now is a steady and reliable supply of vaccines from the federal government to ensure anyone who wants one gets one as soon as possible so we can all stay safe. To date, more than 1.4 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines have been administered across the province, including 129,000 doses administered to long-term care home residents. As it stands, 294,000 Ontarians are fully immunized including 61,000 long-term care home residents. Health Minister Christine Elliott said the government is doing everything they can to protect those who are most vulnerable and will ensure they reach every Ontarian eligible for vaccination in phase one as they expand the vaccination program further in the coming weeks. Thanks to the efforts of our healthcare partners and the efficiency of our booking system, Ontario has been able to schedule more appointments and vaccinate more people quickly and conveniently, says Elliot. Individuals turning 75 or older in 2021 and who do not live in a congregate care setting can schedule a vaccine appointment through the province's website or by calling the provincial vaccine information line number at 1-888-999-6488 from Monday to Sunday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's one 888 The story is by Bird Bouchard, Richtown Independent for the Local Journalism, Local Journalism Initiative Reporter. Based on the recommendation of Dr. Kieran Moore, the City of Kingston will close the beach area of Breakwater Park and Gord Downey Pier to reduce the risk of COVID-19 in the community. Mayor Brian Patterson says that we have seen an increase in cases in the past couple of weeks, so we need to reinforce precautions and support the Section 22 order, which limits gatherings to five people or fewer outside as well as inside. By amended emergency order, the city is prohibiting use of these areas and is looking to the public to comply with the closure. The remainder of Breakwater Park will still be accessible and subject to the physical distancing requirement under the emergency order issued on September 4th, 2020. The city has been working closely with KFL and A Public Health to address COVID-19 risks in the community. Today's closures follow concerns with the lack of adherence to physical distancing by large numbers of people who continue to gather in these areas and is another step in protecting the health of our community. The city reminds residents that the emergency order issued on September 4th by Mayor Brian Patterson remains in effect to ensure that physical distancing is being followed in all city parks.
Kingston's police and the city's bylaw enforcement team are enforcing current regulations under the province's orders. The Section 22 order issued by KFLNDA Public Health and this new Breakwater Park Gordani Pier closure order. Please call Kingston's police non-emergency number to report gatherings of concern at 613-549-4660. The city previously closed the beach area of Breakwater Park and Gordani Pier on September 5th, 2020 as recommended by Public Health. These areas reopened earlier this year following the provincial shutdown. That's all I have for you folks today in terms of news updates. Thank you so much. We hope you also enjoyed the amazing interview that we had with NBA agent Gary Durant. We hope that it was insightful and that it really taught you a lot about athletics um, and the NBA and so much more about what the conversation was about. Um, Don't forget to stay safe during these times, to wear your mask, practice physical distancing, practice proper hand hygiene, and do your part to keep KFL and A safe. Thank you so much again for tuning into The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM. We hope you have a great rest of your day, folks. Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.